Authorization required. Captain's log. The impossible has happened. Somewhere along this journey, we'll find a way back. Enter authorization code. We might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. Our mission is to go forward. It has just begun. There's still much to do. Still so much to learn. Security authorization accepted. Command codes verified. Transfer complete. You're listening to An Hour with the Continuing Committee with your host, Charlie Plain. Alright, the, the question was, now that the 2E rules liaison position has been filled, has there been any progress on the rules committee position? I don't know for sure. Uh, that's up to Keller. Um, I think he added at least one person. I don't know if he's adding any more than that. I will follow up with him and at least let everybody know who applied one way or the other. Because, you know, you don't want to be left hanging. But So, any other questions? This will be a very short podcast. <laughs> I've, I've got one about uh, uh, set rotation. Okay. Has there been any talk about phasing out or rotating out any of the earlier sets, especially the ones that are, are becoming more difficult to find the physical product for? The question was, is there any plans to do a set rotation for second edition, uh, phasing out the older product, especially the harder to find product? Uh, there are no definitive plans. It, it is something that's been talked about because as more and more cards are added to the card pool, it gets harder and harder to avoid some of the mistakes that happened with like some of the cards at peak performance. The more cards you add, the more likely you're going to miss some strange interaction somewhere. Um, that being said, it's really hard to add set rotation to a game not designed to be rotated in sets. So um, if we were to do something like that, we would probably have to switch to a different virtual release schedule where maybe it was, you know, do it like Magic does it, where there's a big set and then two smaller sets. And so we might do, you know, Deep Space Nine is the first block. And so you'd get Mouth of the Wormhole, Bajor, Cardassia, and, and Maki headquarters. And that, th those three sets would focus on them. And then the next year you might do Voyager, where you get Voyager and the Borg and... I don't know, whatever, however you break it up, and then rotate, It'd be a, there would be a new format in which it rotated like that. Um, I think what's more likely to happen overall is uh, rotating printable sets, so that at a certain point, the base set becomes printable, and then so often later, Energize becomes printable, and then in order all the way until the point where everything is eventually printable. But it's, it's just going to be really hard to switch to a rotation format in a game. I mean, you rotate second edition out, and now you can't play anything. You can't play, you know, TNG or Klingons, you know. You, there's, you have to make so many exceptions, it would be confusing. So we want to try to make a limited format where everybody can jump in and be on equal footing. Though, so. I don't, what's your name? I don't know Brian, you. Brian Gondark. Brian Gondark. How are you doing? You got any questions or anything you want to know about? Yeah. You got any extreme measure spoilers? Yeah, yeah they're up there on the front. Oh. Uh, we interrupt this regularly scheduled fireside chat to bring you special intelligence. That's right. We have taken over the podcast for a few moments. 
to deliver to you a pair of spoilers, one for 2E and one for 1E. This has uh, been picked up by our agents, and since we're not having a show this week, we're, we'll be back next week. Uh, why don't we just start off? The first is a planet from the Extreme Measures forthcoming set. It's called Assess Contamination. And judging by the lore, or the quote, Sigma Iota, um, the book, they left it, the other ship, the Horizon. Uh, this sent me on a quest to find this, whatever this was from, and I looked at Enterprise because the Horizon was the name of the ship in Enterprise, one of the cargo haulers. Right. Uh, but but you seem to have pieced this together. Yes, the Iotians, uh, are, they uh, they wanted to get in on a piece of the, the Federation's action in the, uh, the TOS episode of the same name. A piece of the action. But, uh, but Kirk outsmarted them. He got a piece of their action. <laughs> yes. So this is an Alpha Quadrant mission. Uh, planet, assess, assess contamination, 35 points. The requirements are two anthropology, law, and cunning greater than 40. It has some special text. Yes. Uh, it, it better because it's an awful lot of cunning for a 35-point mission. But you get what you pay for, because while your personnel are attempting this mission, prevent and overcome the first dilemma that has a cost of one or more and does not require a skill. You may do this only once each turn. So no double teaming. Right. <laughs> sure. But this means that but still. if, uh, let's say... I would have played against someone who likes to play with a tragic turn, and they flip a tragic turn, and then three killer dilemmas, and all my guys are dead. Well, now you have to put something in front of that tragic turn. Yeah, so essentially, that doesn't require skill. You're going to have to pay the cost. I mean, if you really want to pay play something and have it hit that costs more than one and doesn't require skill, you basically got to throw something else in front of it to get overcome and right. prevented. And have that's it, pretty rough. That's, that's pretty rough. That basically increases the cost by two, and you know, most of them don't cost two. It, it costs you know, three or four. Three, like a hard time or a, yeah. Uh, uh, Chula, Chula the Hoppy. That's the Chandra. Yes. <laughs> and uh, man, so that's that's pretty rough. Even if it's once per turn, that's uh, that's pretty good. So basically, at the cost of five points, because this is really this is a forty-point mission. Uh, you know, I don't know. This is like a thirty-seven point mission because because <laughs> it's it's got a lot of cunning, yeah. but the, there's only you know not a lot of skills. Only three skills, yeah. Throw law is kind of one of those special skills that there's not a lot of, but you know if you're playing Fed, you have usually got a ton of law. Cardassians have a ton of law, um, and and two anthro is is really nothing. Um, really good low mission. Uh, not a lot of skills on it, so. You know, it's uh, just a lot of people. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, bad, bad experience. I had a bad experience. Um, what are you talking about? I don't even know. Um, what's your uh, agonizing? I was like, what's your agonizing <laughs> number? I had to, I had to ask the question to remember it. Agonizing encounter. It's a it's a good agonizing right. mission for in more ways than one. It can prevent it, and if you try to throw something in front of it, you're not going to have a lot of skill to to get off of this. That's right. The span is two, and any affiliation may attempt this mission. I think that is a solid mission selection. I wonder if this would be, you know, something to to supplant the that old 
fourth mission that you're never going to do, you know, the historical research or the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the transport crash survivors or, or this. It doesn't really change the meta of what could happen in the game, but it lets you go somewhere where you could conceivably be, be a lot safer if that's what your opponent's playing. What's funny is the first thing I thought of was playing with all three of those. <laughs> you might as well throw in Mediate Peace Conference or whatever that you can't do any battles there. That's right. That's my new Fed deck. <laughs> Just all the all the referee missions. That's right. That's Fed the awesome. ref. <laughs> I'm building that for for uh, for Santa Barbara. Look out. <laughs> there was a contest on the boards uh, a little while ago about who can do score the most points in one mission. Uh, and I believe it was up to around 330 or so, or 315. Oh, man. And, and the, the, it was as it bore gaining all the skills to, to, to do cra- transport crash survivors and blowing up like 17 or what, 170 points worth of, of, uh, <laughs> of salt maneuver. So that's what you gotta do. You gotta, <laughs> yeah, clearly. Work on that. Well, she has anthro in law. You just need another anthro. There you go. Plenty of anthro Klingon personnel. Was, oh, you could pitch a fed, uh, throw a fed person out to uh, to give her anthro on a security drills. <laughs> oh, that's only for a dilemma, though. <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, that's uh, so. I uh, I don't know. I'm I, I'm a fan. I'm, I look forward to seeing this in action. Uh, seeing if it's uh, uh, there, that seems to be a, a heavy meta direction that uh, the anti no skill dilemmas so i think this could be a definitely a, a huge step in that direction we'll see if it's worth the extra 40 coming it's funny like along the lines of transport transport crash survivors i don't think i've ever made it it's never made the final cut into one of my decks and i and i see myself doing the same to this it's it's on the list it's on the short list of missions that i'm going to use but at the last minute it gets cut because i'm afraid of uh, you know, like that um, uh, Maquis event that makes me do my other missions first, and I'm going to get stuck <laughs> doing this, and it's going to be hard unless I'm playing a, you know, a, a Android deck or something. That's true. Well, we'll see. But how... I'm looking forward to everyone else playing this deck, this card, so that its effect takes takes uh, takes effect. So we'll be uh, teching against not you with your legacy dilemma file. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the collector's information, as one last little bit, is 23v27. Moving on to our as of yet undisclosed uh, 1E set upcoming. Uh, we have a personnel this time uh, to reveal for you. It is a non-aligned personnel, and he kind of works with uh, one of the other cards that we've already revealed. I think we've revealed a a, a new Casino Royale dilemma, the Elevator. You know, everybody's favorite uh, casino game, Elevator. Uh, this is the Bellboy. Uh, he's got the TNG property logo, of course, uh, from the episode Royale. He is uh, an a- an AU icon, and his classification is civilian. His lore says, employee of the Royale Casino, occasionally served as a waiter, romantically involved with Rita. So you got a nice keyword there. Yeah. And uh, he has a restriction. Uh, he must be placed out of play if Mickey D is present. Uh, if you remember the episode, he's the guy who takes the the bullet. Right. Well, I, that, that that fits well, and it also fits well mechanically with his skill. Uh, he has two skills, greed and honor, but he also has a special skill. Doubles points of res- of how about I 
I'll try that again. Doubles points of Royale Casino Dilemmas were present. So he has to be at the mission yeah. where the revealed, and it doesn't matter who wins, if I'm reading this correctly. So <laughs> right. If you don't That's right, because properly, Mickey D would have wins the, the dilemmas automatically. So if, if you could use both of these together, that'd be a problem. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that would be unfortunate. So, But that, that makes sense with him being shot and put out of play. So if you're playing it, yeah. And if you're playing the dilemmas and you know you're teching so that you score the points, you can throw him down there uh, and hope that your opponent goes attempts that mission. I guess so. Or you throw him in your deck and, and hope that your opponent is playing with those. And just yeah. hope that, uh, hope that or if you're going to self seed a few, as long as you stay under that magic fifteen, uh, you can you can self seed one dilemma, one elevator, right? Yeah. At seven points, he'll double it for the cost of returning a personnel and giving your opponent points. that's fourteen points. See now, but uh, here's the problem with that, it, and I this is a not not to give people feed people the anti-tech you know what never mind i'm not even gonna save save it because i i don't want to feed people the anti-tech no intelligence for you <laughs> okay uh if you think you know what that anti-tech was please send this email <laughs> to <laughs> no the, the problem with that ref card is it it's the that's the writ right that prevents you from being able to score more than 15 points i think so yeah uh, the writ only plays on a ferengi personnel so unless you have a ferengi personnel in play that you could pull the writ out and slap it on them. You can't. Yeah, even but the writ also downloads that Ferengi personnel. Does it really? Yeah, so it so downloads need, any FCA, so you right? You can't just play the well, the, uh, but you have. I think you discard the the incident when you download the FCA, don't you? But the uh, uh, was the tribunal of Q <sighs> says you can download from your discard pile Q stuff. Right? So you pitch it to get brunt to your. Uh, Ferengi trading post, or your neutral outpost, or your non-aligned outpost, or wherever else you can report a Ferengi, uh, and then he special downloads a writ on himself. <laughs> but isn't that what you always have in your tent, just in case someone, you know, nukes their own? Sure. Well, it will okay. be now. All right. Well. Well, see, that's a that's an awful lot to have to go to 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 be what should just be a a rules fix. But anyway. <laughs> well, at least you can't score a hundred points and uh, that's in right. casino dilemmas. You have to actually solve two missions to uh, to get a full win out of it. Yeah, or you can go do some planet missions and get a hundred and forty points of uh, <laughs> <laughs> royal casino or something. I don't know. This is this is getting ridiculous. In the meantime, this guy has integrity of seven, cunning of six, and strength of six. So at least that's a pair for isn't one of the casino dilemmas. Look for cards in hand. If their attributes match, you get you win. If they have all three, you win more. Ah, uh, okay. Am I making that up? No. It's possible. Sure. <laughs> you know, I, I never used those dilemmas, so I, it was, uh, it's been a long time since I've taken a look at them. But uh, it's, apparently we're going to have to take them back out and, and take a second look, because uh, that might be a theme between the elevator and, and the bellboy. Uh, yeah. Six and six is twelve, and seven is only nineteen. That's close to twenty-one without going over. Yeah. Uh, Cun equals I'd, seven. I'd stand on that. that. That's cun equals six. Oh, that's not good for craps. Uh, 
slots. If two attributes min- match win points, if all three win double. Yeah, yeah. So he's good for slots. Cool. Anyway, that was a roundabout way of saying he's an interesting personnel. <laughs> if uh, War Council ever comes back, he's a civilian, so he could potentially report for free. That is true. All right. We, as of yet, don't have any collector's information on this guy, but I'm sure we will uh, amend that as soon as that intelligence comes our way. Well, with that, I believe we are at the end of our intelligence. We will now return you to your regularly scheduled fireside chat. And don't forget to catch Section 31 every week. Uh, you can find the link on the front of the webpage, trexyc.org. Episode 100, coming up later this month. Uh, there's a dilemma. Uh, there's a cycle of four dilemmas. That, that's an example of one of them. They all sort of, we call them boosters. You know, something happens, and then if you pay some extra cost, something else happens. So there's one that ties to uh, capture decks. Um, this one is... You can lose five points to make the mission harder if they fail it. So, and they're one cost that requires skills. So go get your overwhelms out. And the sealed world champions. I, if there's interest in doing that, we would probably do it at, at Gen Con or maybe Continentals. Um, but we'll see. There has been traditionally been very little interest in sealed at Gen Con over the last couple of years. We've tried, except for demos. We've tried to run sealed events and like. Three people show up. So, OTSD. Well, for one, that's different. That's a great product. But. Neil has a question. It's been said that Extreme Measures is head and shoulders by far the best set the continuing committee has come out with yet. What do you think, as the chairman? What a leading question, Neil. <laughs> Neil is sucking up and saying that Extreme Measures is the best set released by the continuing committee. I don't know if it's the best set released by the continuing committee. I think it's good. Well, it it feels a lot like Necessary Evil felt when you're looking through it. Like a lot of big big cards, big effects, high costs for high reward. Uh, I don't think it... I know it doesn't go out taking any risks or look... Peak Performance was supposed to be Brad's swan song. So he sort of went out and tried to level the playing field completely so that when he was done, he left you know his point on the game. And I think we made some mistakes doing that that we learned from. So I don't I don't see anything like ruling council or, or damage Starfleet in this set, but I do see some affiliations getting some really good cards. Uh, there's the Ferengi get a couple a pair of cards that are just awesome. <laughs> what? Uh, I'll get, I'm not going to give you a Ferengi card. Well, one of them. Go look up Quark's treasure. Go look up Quark's treasure, and imagine that without the lose your game text, and the Ferengi gets something like that. We'll be starting spoilers on Monday. Any love for Bajorans? <laughs> you bet. Any love for Bajorans? Well, they get they get a team, Bajoran Resistance. They work like Equinox in that they convert one cost into another cost. So they, all of their abilities are lose five points to do something, and then they have a way to pay something else instead of that. The really cool thing about Bajoran Resistance is you can score 20 points in one fight. So... You don't even have to convert the cost. You could just go out and battle one just like old times with Colonel Day, score 20 points, and use points for their abilities. Or you can use the other way to do it. They're, they're really cool. They give Bajorans a new deck type, which they greatly needed, in my opinion. So, yes, Ed, what's up? There's a threat going about kind of like a baseline health before the Dominion gets rolling again. Yes. Is 
there any preliminary direction that's going in? Well, um, Extreme Measures is done and in the bag, and they, they get a, a personnel in Extreme Measures that, you know, with a, lot of the, a lot of the personnel in Extreme Measures are score five points people. You know, the TNG has had Guinan forever. We, I won't say we give a Guinan to every affiliation, but the Dominion, the Cardassians, the Pajorans, uh, the Ferengi all get ways to score points early. Um, the, the Dominion personnel in, in Extreme Measures suffers from the same problem that many of the Dominion personnel suffer from being they're very expensive. Uh, that question, that thread was started because I think Dominion is one of the affiliations that there are people who think they're very good, but they never do well at big events. Uh, I mean, the last time they did was 2007 Continentals, and that was, well, that was, a, the Dancing Defiant was one, but they did uh, an infiltration deck was the last time they won anything. So I think, um, that was me, thanks, Jared. <laughs> I'm trying to be modest, and Jared's calling me out. Uh, but um, I think in the set after this, we're, we're going to start looking at ways to, you know, Want to give? We want to get Dominion up there. We don't want to do what Ruling Council did, where they go from Tier Five to broken in, in one day. But we want to start giving the Dominion some some attention so they can show up and be competitive. I don't know if it was B or I. I don't think I'm not getting into that debate. <laughs> the rules. The rules. The rules committee. If there's a problem with rules, Ruling Council will deal with it. They've dealt with everything else fairly. Maybe not quickly, but fairly. So. And barring, barring a Vedic assembly type of loop, I would rather them be slow and measured than hasty and screw up again. Personal preference. So. Great question. Um, the, sur the question was... How are we doing compiling the results from the survey? Well, it's a, a massive amount of information to go through. Um, I'm sure Dave can, can testify. It's like we, we've, we've got like pages and pages of data to comb through. Just, you know, just the results. And so, um, you know, we were trying to take the temperature of the community, figure out what people wanted. Some of the issues, there was a very clear direction that the, the people wanted. Um, I'm trying to think of one that was really obvious. Well, first, region changes. region changes were like universally approved. Uh, first edition conversion cards being in all formats was another one, but something like tiebreakers was split just down the middle. So it's it's like we don't have a clear direction to go here. So the the the, the difficulty now is to make the best informed decision that makes the least work for everybody without confusing anybody. So it's it's going to take a couple more weeks, but we hope to have revisions for the organized play guide out before regionals start, you know, we might just do applications first and then, but before regionals start, we're going to have everything updated for you guys. So as an example, like the uh, tiebreakers, could you possibly go back for more community or another survey based on the uh, The question was, could we go back to the community for more surveys on some of the contentious Probably. issues? We sure could. I, I think at this point, though, we need to make a decision and put it into play. And, and make a plan to look at it again in six months, nine months, 12 months. And at that point, we can go back to the community. And, you know, if we took another poll right now, short of wording trickery on the questions, we're going to get the same results over and over again. But if we take out, if we, if we pick the option that, you know, we 
has decided this is the path of least resistance. We try it out. We get data on how it works and how it doesn't work. We can reevaluate it, you know, post worlds, and decide: Did we make enough changes? Did we make the wrong change? We need to change more. And at which point, definitely involve the community again. Yeah, it, uh, the, it, the Jared, Jared asked if, except for something egregiously wrong, anything we change now will be in effect through the World Championship, and that's absolutely true. Uh, Deep Space Nine is going to get split into two Sim simply because uh, we've been fast and loose with, with who gets regionals lately and I don't want to ever say no but it's not if one region has five and one region has two it's you know that kind of defeats the purpose of, of it so if one region has enough people in it that there should be five regionals it probably shouldn't be one region anymore so we're going to try to split it up in a logical manner and then we'll let the two sides vote on what names they want to be. Someone suggested one should be Deep Space Nine and one should be Terok Noir, which I thought was kind of cool. But Canadians are going to fight you on that one. <laughs> what? Do we need regions? I mean, we could do states, but I think regions is, is regions promotes people traveling. It you know we can set when, when we're going to when we start ambassadors here in a few weeks. Region, it'll be much easier to do it by region. You know, there there are so many states that don't have any players. It would be you know, we'd actually have less championships if we did states than we did regionals. Yeah. Oh, who else is getting up? Australia is getting broken up into three, because they have three different playgroups on completely different sides of the continent, and uh, one of the Canadian regions voted to change its name. So. Who knows? Waterworld. <laughs> If that was a Star Trek name, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what else can I answer for you guys? Anything? Do you want a controversial question? Sure, throw me a controversial question. What would it take for there to be a new headquarters introduced in the game? What would it take for there to be a new headquarters introduced in the game? <laughs> I, I would say we would need... You know, we have a very good core of playtesters right now, but I would need we would need a guarantee that they would be testing rigorously and regularly. Uh, I think more than anything, there would need to be a reason to, to do it. You know, if, if we're not going to add something to the game and not just a di you know, if we're just going to make a new headquarters that's just a different subset of people reporting to it, sort of like a Tarak door, I don't really see any point. If, if, you know. If we were going to go down the line and add, say, like, this is a big if, okay? If we were going to add Kazon to the game, you know, maybe they would get a headquarters if we could make them sufficiently different and sufficiently uh, diverse to stand on their own. Right now, if you, if you ask me right now, if somebody came to me and said, put Kazon in the game, they'd be not aligned. So if we're going to add a headquarters, there has to be a good reason to do it, not just do it for the sake of doing it. Hang on. The question was, is there any plan to go back and make new versions of old headquarters that have game text like the original series or the Starfleet headquarters? The problem with that becomes power creep. You know, if we make a Bajor that has text on it, 
why would anybody ever use the original bay door? So you have to either take something away from that or put a cost on it. So it, it would need, you know, intense balancing because you, you never want to add a card to the game that makes you not want to use another card. So if you're going to add a new Bage or a new Cardassia, there would have to be a trade-off to it, and that those are very tough to balance and get right. Because it can be argued that there are already cards like that. For example, an Alvarez Tane yeah. some John Picard. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that an Abrantane and Vintner and stuff like that alter deck types, but... You know, that to trade off of mission selections. You could do something like that on a mission, but again, tough to balance. You know, and, and if I make a Cardassia that says if all of your missions are blah, then you then you can never really make four missions that are blah and intelligence because then you can use both together and that's just that's essentially putting shackles on design in the future. Well nothing that has to be deck defining, but even something like a small bonus because you know, say Cardassia, they report to the headquarters, that's it. I understand it, but again, it's it's a matter of can we make a Cardassia with ability on it that trades off enough that you would ever consider using the original? And especially since they're all printable anyway, it's not a matter of I don't have a Cardassia, you could just print one. So it, it's a tough line to walk. The, the comment there was uh, maybe you look at Athos 4 where they as every every time you print somebody who has fed treachery Athos 4 gets more people um, I would think in that situation the, the more appropriate way to go would be eroding Athos 4 to limit it somehow you know because it never really made sense that uh, the Equinox people you know one thing Voyager Voyager treachery to a degree makes sense but like all the AU TOS people doesn't really make a lot of sense so Anybody over here have a question? Yeah, I have a request from uh, Mr. Freed. He says he's tired of not having any enterprise games and wants an AI. What do you think about that? Uh, Chris be said there was a request from Matt Freed to make the Enterprise J AI. It's going to be hard to find an AI of, but if anybody could do it, our art team would. So I'll put it on our list. We'll see. Yeah. It's a tough one to find. Even with the two versions of it, it's hard to find. Uh, the question is, is there an update for the Gen Con block this summer? I'm going through the process of finalizing that deal over the next week, so I'm, I'm hopeful within two weeks we'll have that up and running because we're, we're going to set up like package deals where you can just go on the website and, and go to the promenade and pay what you want to pay. You'll get a room, you'll get your badge, you'll get everything taken care of for you. So, Yeah. If I could remove one card from existence in the game, what would it be? Uh, well, after my last game, I'm going to pick Original Thinker. <laughs> but I'm going to attribute my loss to Jared more on the fact that he built my deck than anything else. So, uh, I don't know. Hard Time would be on the, on the list. Uh, These Are the Voyages would be on my list. That card's too good for what you get. Um, I know a lot of people would say Legacy. A lot of people would say Ruling Council. I don't know. I don't think there's any one card that's so horrible that it needs to be banned forever, but depends on the day, I guess. Erased from existence. Yeah, erased from existence. 
well, I know Brad's answer would be an issue of trust. So. Uh, my question is, is about uh, some of the underused keywords. And this is probably more for the design team. But you know, we have like assassins and nebula and stuff like that that have absolutely no use other than you know a handful of cards. You know, nebula has one card that references it. <laughs> And so is there a, a way that we can expand on some of these keywords, get more, you know, more cards for them? The, the question there was, there are a lot of keywords in the game that are underused, and are there any plans to expand on those? Well, I, I can tell you right now, uh, the set after Extreme Measures hasn't started testing yet, but is supposed to go into testing within the next couple weeks. It was the last set Brad did work on. Uh, he's, he's, he worked on that one and he set up the one after that and we're, we're sticking to that schedule for the, you know for now because there's no reason not to uh, one underused keyword in particular gets some serious love in that one um, I really think we could do a whole expansion in the future on flushing out keywords um, it just you know you got to have a good idea you know it's hard to sit down and say I'm going to write cards to make keywords better you know if you could come up like Pareth is a good one. You know, if I was going to do that, I might make uh, Ducat and his cult as a team to, to make Pareth do something. You know, uh, Nebula is one I'd really like to work with. It it's should, on a headquarters yeah, and it doesn't do anything. There's one card that matters for it, so uh, that, that's a great area to expand the game without escalating the game. So yeah, I'd like to do that. How would you go about doing that? Uh, you know, make dilemmas that 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 either you know, hit harder, or you make, uh, I think Hurried Departure, which is one of the Nebula cards, is a good way to do that, you know, uh, give you bonuses for going to hard missions or, or doing things. I played a Romulan deck a long time ago that uh, used Talora and the, the one ship that says when you kill somebody, you can put somebody on it, the divorce, and then played, a guy was playing Maquis, and every Maquis leader costs three. So Talora cost three. So I like be five times I beamed down and killed all his leaders. It was really fun. So it's brutal. Any other questions? Take a look at the spoilers that are passing around, and if you have questions, feel free to come up to me and ask me anytime. Or you can always email me, or text me, or call me, or private message me. I'm, I, I serve for you.